Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Do you ever look at your favorite celebrity and think, I wonder if we have anything in common? Well, there's at least one thing. No matter who you are, no one knows you better than your mum. I'm Peter Todd. I'm a columnist from Fabulous Magazine, where every week you can hear from the nation's most loved women on everything from fashion and beauty, health and fitness, and pretty much everything in between. I'm also a model and presenter, but my hardest job by far out of all of these is being a mum. Because mums shape who we are. They're there for us when we need them, and even when we might not want them to be. So, for this series, we decided to speak to some well-known, incredible women and find out just what makes these female relationships so formative. This is Things I Told My Daughter. For this episode, I'm joined by Faye Winter and her mum, Jan. Faye came into the limelight of the public eye after starring on Love Island in the summer of 2021. Faye came in third place, hand in hand with her newfound love, Teddy. Although this loved up pair had a somewhat turbulent time in the villa. For me, as bad as that postcard was and movie night was, actually it brought so many more positives to me and my life and my growth and my journey than the Ofcom complaints that I got or the negative comments that I got. Since coming out of the villa, Faye has been adored by the nation for her honest and open personality. She absolutely wears her heart on her sleeve and is not afraid to advocate for body confidence with her proud mum, Jan, by her side, even at the age of 18 when Faye had her first breast enhancement. So my mum came in with me to meet my consultant. I just remember the one thing he said to my mum was, I wouldn't do anything to your daughter that I wouldn't do to my own. And then I knew I could trust him and she was fine. Faye and Jan complement each other so well, it's obvious to anyone that meets them that they have, and will, stick together through thick and thin. But don't just take it from me, let's meet the mother and daughter duo together. This is Things I Told My Daughter with Faye Winter and her mum Jan. Hello, today I'm joined by the lovely Faye and her, I'm going to say even lovelier, Mum, Jan. Please. So that, well, you know, you know, we're trying to woo Jan, yeah. we're trying to woo her. Thank you so much for joining us. So we've made the trip to Devon today. So I'll be honest, it's it's not met us with the, with the happiest weather today, but I'm going to try and not take that personally. Yeah, I feel like you brought this weather down. It was lovely before you guys came. Yeah, to be honest, I mean, I'll take the blame. I'll yeah. take the blame. I'll take that. No, thank you for having us. It's exciting. So tell me a little bit about... So growing up, you have one sister, am I correct? Yes, yes, my big sister, yes. Yeah, Joe's three years older than me. So yeah, growing up, big sister. Um, it's funny because we're all Gemini's in the house, a family of four. Okay. Very close family, mm-hmm. but all Gemini's. So you can imagine it's a 
bit manic. <laughs> Love hate relationships sometimes, <laughs> but one I wouldn't change. Yeah. So were you you were close with your sister growing up from? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was I was really close to Joe growing up. However, I did used to steal her stuff all the time. I feel like that's yeah. That's, that's the rule, I think. Really, we used to fight like cat and dog. Not like physical, but we used to be. Hell of a gobby. Well, can you ever imagine me being gobby? No. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. So. I actually think I got it from her. I got it from my sister. Okay, uh, blame my sister. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I mean, easy things when they were small. Joe was fighting on the bed, and she went to fall off the bed. So Joe pulled her, pulled her arm out of socket. So oh. you know they used to fight. <laughs> <laughs> so what sort of child was Faye growing up? No real problems. I mean. We lost her at primary school, coming out of nursery one day, um, and we had the whole school teachers looking for her, and she had a really best friend called Bradley, but he was a bit special needs, and he clung to her, and he wanted a toilet, so she walked him home to our house, which is oh all on word. the same side of the road, and held his hand. I held his hand, Mum, and we looked up, and they were sat on the front doorstep. But we had the school, mums, everybody driving around looking for them. But, you know, you know, she was very caring. Yeah. Oh, apart from the small heart attack she gave I, you there. But that's a good... Yeah, I do feel like I was always out, though, wasn't I? I was always oh, like, yeah. I was a bit of, like, stick of the dump. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always had, like, my hair up on top of my head, like, running around, out playing. I think, for me, when I was sort of... Younger, I played a lot of netball, was very sporty. Um, I went from wanting to be a HGV lorry driver like my dad. Then I went to wanting to be a PE teacher, didn't I? And my heart set on being a PE teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked really hard. My mum was amazing and um, sent me to a different school to my sister. So she used to drive me to my secondary school every day. Sports, sports academy, wasn't it? Yeah, because it was a sports academy specialist in sports. Um, I played netball for Devon, was oh, horse wow. riding, loved it. Swimming. Swimming, and then I found boys at about 15, 16. And so growing up, all my friends were all like out on the moors, weren't they? Yeah. So my lovely mum had to drive her wherever her friends were. (laughs) They had to be driven. And it wasn't just, you know, five minutes down the road, three parts of an hour across the moor. Now I think about it, you're probably one of the best Uber and taxi drivers I've ever had. Five-star rating. Oh, five star, At least I, I can get a new job then. I might have oh, teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ever really a go-out, was I? Well, Joanne wasn't allowed out to do things until she was 17, 18. Fanny Craddock here, 16, 15. Oh, yeah, but I used to go out always, my sister's ID. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that is a perk. But they a always had to tell me the truth. Yeah. They had to tell me where they were going. We told Dad, you know, what he wanted to hear. But I had to know exactly... And the phone was under the pillow. Yeah. Even now, phone under the pillow, three o'clock. Mum, come and pick me up, please. But I would always go because I wanted the mum safe. Yeah. So hot gold, yeah. this one. But I, I really, I can really sort of empathise with that situation, as I'd say now. So when I think back, my mum never knew where I was ever. My mum always said, and I always remember growing up. Tell me the truth, mm-hmm. and I'll support you to the end, yeah. even if it's wrong. Yeah. We'll just we'll work out as a family yeah tell me lies and i'll be your worst enemy yeah and that's what Aww. i said that's I always same. terrified of that. <laughs> that's what i would say to finn it's like i'll be like listen I'm, I'm not gonna always tell you that you're right if you've messed up then behind mm. closed doors i'll let you know exactly what i think but i'll 
I'll always be there to help you pick the pieces up, but you do not. The amount of times then you like can call a bluff as well. You can mm. spot it a mile off, can't yeah, you, as well? Yeah. You're very in tune to it, so. But I don't think there's ever been a time where I've lied to you, where I've been, where I've been going. Well, I don't know about that. I won't oh, right. comment. Here we go. She rang me up. She said, Mum, I'm on my way back. Yeah. Where are you? Oh, don't, that don't matter. She said, can you nip over to the dentist and pick me up X, Y, Z? And I went, yeah, okay. Too white then. And then <laughs> she said, oh, and tomorrow, can you give me a lift to the station from the, the dentist or something, didn't you? Can you pick me up from the station, take me to the dentist and then off? I think, what the hell's going on? But now we know. <laughs> Yeah. Go to Love Island. Okay, so it was a, it was a surprise for you. Love Island was a surprise for you, Jan. It was, but so many people have said to her, haven't they? Yeah, hairdressers and family friends. friends. You should be on Love Island. You should go on for Love years. Island. What made you want to go on Love Island? For me, it wasn't even wanting to go on it. I didn't apply for it. They approached me on Instagram, um, and I just thought I had like a couple of years of finding myself. Mm-hmm. So I'd had a couple of years where I got a new job. I loved my job. I loved, like, I'd been able to rebuild really good friendships with my friends that I'd maybe lost contact with. I was in a really good place. And I just thought, do you know what? We'll go for an audition. Like, we'll go for the Zoom. It was yeah. on Zoom because of COVID. We'll see what happens. Probably won't even get in. It's all fun and games. So done that. Then they rang me and was like, oh, um, done it with one caster and then they rang me and said oh we would like you to do it with this casting researcher because I think she'll bring out a softer side of you okay well with that bloody zoom I was on there sobbing my heart out and I was like what have you done to me Um, and I was like right after that I'm an absolute mess they're not going to want me on now and then with that the um, producers rang me and was like so we want you on we're going to do this Zoom with you and then we're going to get you up to London. And I was like, and each time I'd done it, I was like, I'm still not going to get on. I'm still not going to get on. It's still not happening. It's not really happening. Mm-hmm. And then I was packing my suitcase. So I was like, shit, it's really happening. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Oh no. I'll, I've actually got to tell my mum and dad now. Oh God, it's all becoming a bit real. I've got to tell my job. I've got to do this. And I was like, oh God. But they always say to you, you're not in the villa until you're in that villa. Okay. So they make it very clear that you could be flown out and still come home. So I only told like a select few people, but yeah, it wasn't that I wanted to do it. And that was a thing I said to everyone and anyone, I never went on to Love Island for it to change my life. I loved my life before. So for me, it wasn't, uh, I'm going on to Love Island because I want a clothing deal or I want to go on and I want to move to London because I love Devon. There's not Mm. one part of me that would want to move to London. Um, And I went on there genuinely for the right reasons yeah it sounds like you were in a good position it wasn't like you were trying to escape a reality that was already there you were just trying to you were going to add to it anything would be a bonus I think that's definitely a a positive stance to have come from yeah as a mum Jan what was your worst case scenario so Faye didn't really have one but as a Um, mum what was yours just odd things I, I worried about you know I mean her mental health not that she had it before but when you're in a, a situation with the same people 24 mm-hmm. 7, and you can't escape from that villa because you couldn't get out, she had no phone, she had no clock, no nothing. She didn't know what time it was or what day it was, really. And that was what worried me a lot. I text my friends on the day that she went in and she was chosen, mm-hmm. and I went, Jesus. Five blokes in five minutes. My God, let's <laughs> let's let's just think about this. <laughs> and how were your friends about it? 
absolutely wonderful. They thought she was doing really well. I mean, we you come out on the doorstep, you know, even the postman said, have you heard from Faye? No, sorry. And then there's somebody down the road goes, I've got a text! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, everybody was really, really supportive of all asked how she was and stuff. And she, oh, she's going to wipe the floor. Look at her. She, She's so, you know, and she was true to herself. There's no other thing I can say. She, you know, we were proud of her and that's all, you know, you can wish for. Half your heart is in the villa, Jan. Like, sh- yeah. she's in there and anything that's, said or written or whatever is actually for you as a mum you know what it's like if you have anything on a small scale if you were to hear a criticism or something personal about people that don't actually know Faye how did you deal I with that I didn't because they wouldn't give me Instagram till she come home some of her friends would send me a text or you know She's WhatsApp. got a text. And then she did get a text but they like send maybe a, a, a sort of bad comment but what the good comments were afterwards and things so that's how I got through it I think my sister definitely screened a lot of it from my mum okay um, and my dad so mm-hmm. oh, well, dad we only told what we yeah dad didn't watch it anyway she went in and all dad said was no tongues and don't show any white bits <laughs> I said I ain't promising yeah <laughs> um, but ledge question ledge statement and ledge answer to be honest I ain't promising nothing so I think my sister done very well but then I think you know when the bad comments did come out I think my mum was very aware you know as probably I don't know I can't speak on behalf of mothers but like mother's instinct that there was more going on and then obviously people would let you see certain things but they were wanting to obviously keep it away from my mum and dad you know you live a lovely peaceful life like you don't need me up there like causing you havoc we we were to and fro with the girl over there Mm -hmm. and as soon as that postcard went through my hackles went up and I text the girl, that's a lie, because I knew how she would react to it. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly. And, and at the end of the text, I went, I hope you think that's worth it. You know, I mean, I wasn't being funny. And what did she say? Uh, did she reply? Oh, she's got uh, mental health people. They're sorting it out. They're, um, they're looking after her. They're doing blah, blah, blah. But that wasn't the issue. That was a lie that went through and it escalated. So then when she hit the panic button and started screeching and shouting that's what she does but normally she can run yeah Yeah. you know that's the thing like the amount of times that I've gone home to my mum and dad and like screeched and like cried and never done it at the person but I've always been able to get away and then do it with the people that I love and care about in a safe environment a safe controlled environment and and then they're able to diffuse the situation and diffuse me like I, I couldn't do that in there yeah. There was no way of me doing that. Um, and it, it was, don't get me wrong, it was probably, it was obviously not one of my proudest moments, but at the same time, I never would be this far forward in my relationship with Teddy mm-hmm. if that hadn't have happened. Because I was so, had my guard up so high, I didn't want anyone, I didn't want anyone to come in. And as soon as that red flag was shown, I'd always just run. I'd always be like, see you later, I'm off. Like, mm-hmm. don't need to get to know you anymore. Um, but in that environment, I had to. And for me, as bad as that postcard was and movie night was, I'll never hold it against ITV because actually it brought so many more positives to me and my life and my growth and my journey than the Ofcom complaints that I got or the negative comments that I got because I would never have overcome that hurdle mm-hmm. without having to stay in that situation and deal with everything face on. 
do you feel like they did support you on that? Did you have the support there if you needed it? Yeah, oh time. my God, ITV were, were amazing. Um, I, you know, I had welfare meetings, Zooms every day. Honestly, I can't fault them. I can't fault the aftercare. Mm-hmm. Everything that happened in Love Island, every thing that you saw of, of me was me. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, there might have been things that you didn't see, but I still said and I still done those things. I can't get away from them. Like, that was me. I've learned from it and I'm learning and, you know, we're all learning in this world. But I've never screamed and shouted at anyone unless I've had a drink. Yeah. Well, we all have done that. I'm really sorry to break it to you guys. And also as well, what's very bizarre to me is as perfect as anyone's relationship is, no one can sit here and tell me they've never had an argument with their partner or Completely. husband. I, I, can't, I can't sit here for one second and believe that. Um, however, mine was shown on national TV in a heated environment where I couldn't get away, where maybe it would not have escalated that far because I would have had my said my said what I needed to say and then left. Yeah. But I couldn't get out of it. It's a pressure so, cooker, isn't it? Yeah. So. And it, unfortunately, it is what it is. Um, and I know there was a lot of blame on ITV and the girls for not getting me out of the situation, but it it wasn't down to them to do that. It was it was down to me to do it. And yeah. unfortunately, I didn't remove myself from the situation because I couldn't. Mm-hmm. So it. That is what it is, and I can't get away from that. Obviously, I'm very, very sorry for the way I acted, but like I said, I've learned. We've moved on. Yeah, we've moved on, and it's been such a journey for me that actually, like I say, I wouldn't have been, I would never have got this far forward in my relationship if I hadn't overcome my fears and my insecurities and let my guard down completely. And it wasn't until that point as well that I was like, shit, I really like Teddy. This is a problem. I actually really like the guy. Oh no. That was a turning point really, wasn't it? It really was. And even he says that, like the day we made up, he was like, you were completely, he was like, I felt like I could get to know you more. I could, I felt like I knew you better. And that's why he doesn't blame me. And he doesn't hold that situation against me at all. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Obviously, you you spoke openly when you were in Love Island about the fact that you had had breast augmentation when you were quite young. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what was the the journey that got you to that point. Obviously, it was not something that you decided overnight and obviously something that you, Jan was very supportive of. Yeah. So I can actually, well, I never had breasts, ever. No. Ever, ever, ever. I was a and double A cup. She was bullied with Nat's breasts and things yeah. like this. It you was know, all nasty sorts. comments. Like, 
it was awful. And what sort of year in school was that starting? Like, I feel like I don't even remember at what age you start being very aware of it. It started. So I was year six and I was going in secondary school and I thought, oh, it would stop. Um, You know, some of the girls were developing in year six and that was fine. And I just didn't. And then um, I went into secondary school and then it started again about year eight. I just still hadn't, my start my periods just still hadn't developed. And then there was one time that I went shopping with my friends. You're going to kill me for saying no, this. No, no, no. Uh, I went shopping with my friends and um, we went into Primark and they used to do um, push-up bras with the pockets in that mm-hmm. you used to get chicken fillets in. Yeah. And I um, went in there and didn't buy any of, the bu- any of the bras, but I stole all the chicken fillets out of the bras. Um, and then I brought like a bra that was two sizes bigger in a cup C and then just stuffed it full of these gel... Yeah, chicken but when fillets. she took it off, if you were sat downstairs, yeah, right? like she take it off and, and it would go bang. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you think who's fallen out of bed? Oh, so I just took my bra off, mum. <laughs> and it was like, and and I got caught. I got okay. caught stealing the chicken fillets. Okay. So mum had to come get me and come in and see the security man. And oh, I did feel a bit bad, but I was thinking I really need this. I don't need the bra. I just need the chicken fillets. Um, so um, they were sat around the floor. And there was all these chicken fillets, <laughs> but there was bras in the middle as well, I which the bras. other girls yeah, had pinched. Yeah. The, the girls had pinched the bras, and that's what stopped the the security guard stopped them. Um. She'd gone out. I'd but done then, a runner with a chicken fillet, so I'm yeah. gone. But then she felt guilty, so she went back. So he said she wouldn't really be here if she hadn't been, been too honest and come back. I was more just petrified because I didn't know where to go and I was on my own. You, didn't, well, you were more petrified, we I'd find out. With, we will stick with that you were very honest I was and that's why you went I such an back. honest person. I went back and went, I also stole these chicken fillets. Um, and I think at that point you kind of realised, I always said that I wanted it done. Mm-hmm. So I turned 18 on the... Friday and I went for my first consultation on the Monday mm-hmm. and I remember I had my first and my birthday's the 21st of June and I was in for the op on the 20th of July okay. so I had them done within a month of my 18th birthday but I always knew I wanted them done mm-hmm. so my mum she my mum came in with me to meet my consultant and I always remember my consultant the consultant I chose um, didn't just do breast augmentation, did he? No, he didn't do enlarge. He also done NHS cancer patients for reconstruction surgery. Okay, yeah. So for me, I knew who was caring. And I just remember the one thing he said to my mum was, I wouldn't do anything to your daughter that I wouldn't do to my own. And then I knew I could trust him and she was fine. Yeah, and then so I went in and had that done. What cup size did you go for for your first um, augmentation? So I had um, three, three, five high profiles put in. And they took me to about a C cup. Okay. Mm. So it wasn't, so that, you know, that tells yeah, you yeah, how yeah. small I was before. It only took me to like a C cup, D cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went in again two years ago. We, one and one went ago. lumpy, didn't it? So you went well, That's back. why I told you, Mum. I, oh. I, I just wanted to go bigger. <laughs> <laughs> See, don't tell <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, and then, no, there was a little bit of rippling on the side of one of my breasts, which is normal. Um, and then I, but that wasn't the reason I got it done. I just wanted to go bigger. And then, um, I actually do remember telling you that that was the reason I was getting it done. Sorry. But it's always a decision that you'd been completely set on from, what sort of age would you have said that you thought, right, like, this is what I'm going to do when I get to 18? I was about 15, 14. Yeah, 14, 15. I mm-hmm. always knew, I always remember being year nine and I was like, I'm having a boob job. Okay. And like, obviously that's what you what say. What yeah, yeah. I want money for my boob job. Yeah. I want money for, for my birthday for my boob job. Right, yeah. okay. So were you happy for her to the, have that? Obviously you knew that it was something that had really affected um, her growing up. 
if she wants something, she works for it and she'll get it. Yeah. And uh, she's been happier ever since. Did it really affect your self-esteem? Like, oh, awful. And yeah, I think because when I started my period as well, like my hips grew, mm-hmm. but nothing else grew. So you felt out of proportion. I felt massively out of proportion. Um, and it, was, it sounds rude, but I was like jealous that everyone else was growing boobs. And like at that age, then when you start to get a bit older and you know, like you lose your virginity, mum close your ears. Um, like you're always like conscious that you're at that age, People are horrible. Like, yeah, boys are. in particular are vile. Like, mm-hmm. now, I mean, I don't think if I had smaller boobs, I'd even care. Like, I don't even think men would care. But boys of a certain age that are younger, they were always vile. Yeah. Um, and girls. And girls. Yeah. yeah, 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 and girls. But I think when you're at that age and you're very aware of what your body looks like and that you're aware that someone else is going to see it, yeah. I think that's when it was, like, turning point. And I never felt like you know, sexy, or I never felt like I could wear, like, pretty underwear or anything like that. Um, But now, looking back, I think, you know, I love my body now, um, and I love the size of my boobs. But obviously, if I had smaller boobs now, but I'm so much more confident in myself, would I have had it done? I don't know, and I can't answer that. Um, But, you know, I am so happy with the way that my body is now, and I do honestly believe if you're not happy with something and you can change it, you have the choice, you're human, to make those choices. Yeah. I think it's it's a really difficult argument because like you say, you can only speak from where you are now. Yeah. But it's interesting when you, for, to say that, you know, like it, a lot of it is your own confidence and your how comfortable you are in your own skin now yeah. of whether you, whether you would still feel the same way, whether you would still be like, yes, I would definitely like to have my breast enhanced. Now, you'll, you'll never be able to answer it. But I think it is, it's an interesting balance between sort of just growing into yourself. Mm. But at the same did, time, would I have the confidence I had now no. without the boobs? Say yeah. like I was it's, just going to say it gave us so much more confidence. Did you see that that shift in Faye straight away? Straight away. Straight away. It was clearly something that was affecting your self-esteem and I think that is, is a and different I f- situation. I feel like because I felt, I thought and I saw myself as sexier, I then actually didn't give a shit about what anyone else's opinion was or if they thought I was sexy or if, what they'd think I'd look like without my clothes on or in a bikini. I didn't care because actually I liked what I saw in the mirror and that's all that mattered. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it was the best thing. I, it was honestly probably still to this day and I know a lot of people disagree with me but it's the best thing I've ever done for myself. One thing that I would really take off my proverbial hat to you for is being as open as you are about the fact that you've had surgery, especially when you have the platform that you have. I think it's so refreshing and I think it's so responsible to speak as openly as you are about the fact that you've had surgery, especially when you've got, you know, younger girls as yeah as following to sort of be like look this actually this is what I've had done this is why because I think it's it's difficult you know that pressure when you don't know that somebody's had surgery there's a lot of celebrities that you know would deny or say that they haven't and it can be really damaging to yeah to girls to look and think, think oh actually you had that naturally I could never some looks aren't achievable by working out seven days a week even if you wanted to and I think that's a really speaking as openly as you do and sort of saying this is how I felt about it I think is a really responsible thing to do for me if you don't admit to what you're having done you've got an element of embarrassment about getting it done Mm -hmm. why are you embarrassed about getting it done like I'm not being funny I you know I've been open that I've had lip filler I had I had very small lips my mum really hates lip filler Mm -hmm. she hates it 
But I I have it done because I wanted it done. It makes yeah. me feel better. There's, you know, you know, I would love to have, go and have like a big bum, but I'm not going to have a big bum because actually I'm all right with my little bum. But, you know, it's just whatever you feel comfortable and confident and what's going to make you feel confident. Yeah. Fine. Like if somebody wants and have got their heart and mindset on having filler done, me saying don't get it done isn't going to stop them. You're completely right in terms of that. But I think a lot of mums would feel the same way that you do, Jan, in terms of like, I've got used to them now. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, they're a nicer shape than they were when she first had them done. (laughs) She just looked like a trout. Oh, mother! Trout. A trout. Um, I mean, I've had duck, but... (laughs) I don't know which one I prefer, actually. (laughs) Mixing it up. Tell you which one you prefer to kiss. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think it is, like you say, it's not for you. You're not there going, everyone should get this done. No. But I do think it is... I do think it's important that, you know, saying that this is, it's not that it's good or it's bad, it's completely your choice. But I think it is, it's really nice. It's a really nice thing to see. And from, again, I go back to it, but from a mum's point of view, I would want, like sometimes Delilah would say to me something about, oh, she'd show me a picture of someone or something. And she'd be like, and I'd be like, you have to, and she'd be like, well, why doesn't my, Delilah's got super, super curly hair, really, really, really curly hair. And she's really fair. She's got loads of freckles. And there was there was a filter at one point where everyone was having freckles on, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. filters. And I was like, and she used to be really didn't like her freckles at all. And I was like, there's a filter for people making Wanting themselves freckles. having freckles. I said, so yeah. I think it is just that social media in general is just mm. not everything you see is 100% real. And I think I that think these filters as long are as you, really... Well, well, some of them. Fun. See, I think filters can be fun. I think filters are a bit of fun. And that's why I ver- I do really shake it up between using filters, but then also not having filters. And the amount of times that I'll go on my Instagram and I'll go on my stories and I've got no makeup on. Actually, this is what I look like. And, you know, you guys have seen me on the TV. Like, I'm but not I, getting away from but it. But I think you've got to the crux of it there, which is they can be they can be fun. Yeah. And I think there's some that, you know, you can change everything about you. And I, I think it is fun. And I think they can be... They can be they can be corn. Listen, I use a filter from time to time, but I think can be that fact. At the same time. I think the fact that you're not you know like you go on with no makeup on and whatever else is you're not hiding behind it. It's been the thing on the on the news, hasn't there, about these filters where kids have used filters and then gone to plastic surgery and said, "Well, I want to look like this." Yeah. And they said, well, "You realise you won't look like this. I can't make you look exactly like this. Well, why not?" Yeah. filters make me look and it that's hard, where I think it's and it's well. like for me like um, editing a photos on Instagram I can hand on my heart say to you I will never ever ever edit my photos yeah. don't get me wrong my management hate me because I will make sure they take a hundred photos of me so I get the one that I like but I will never suck my waist in I will never make my face look any different to what it looks like because that is my face Yeah. I'm never going to use a smoothing tool because I have lines under my eyes. I you know, there are things that I can't change, but at the same time, I do have Botox done. And but I've spoken openly in the villa about having my Botox done, and I have Botox on, and it went wrong. Like, and I will speak about that as well. Like, I will speak about everything. Really, I need why? To. What happened? I oh, I had Botox done, and he put um, the practitioner put it in the wrong muscle, both my eyebrows. Why are you laughing, mother? <laughs> Look at her laughing at me. Look at her laughing at the trout. <laughs> laughing at the trout with the fucking wonky eyebrows. I was just thinking of blue in his eyes. <laughs> so I literally walked in and I was like, my, I woke up three days later, my eyebrows were dropped. I've actually got a photo of it. So when you actually saw my master interview going into Love Island, when I first walked in, mm. 
my eyebrows had dropped. So if you watch it back now, I don't look anything like my master interview and that's why. Um, and he basically put it in the wrong muscle. So it, it relaxed my face, but in the wrong way. And everyone's going, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. I was like, are you joking? I, my face, I honestly look like I have, I, it sound, I look like I had Bell's palsy on both sides of my face. Like it was completely dropped and there was, <laughs> there was nothing I could do to get it back. All that everyone kept saying to me was, I'll put, put the back of an electric toothbrush on your forehead to try and get the muscle move in. Really? And I was like, okay, okay, fine. I was going up to Walking London. Walking around just buzzing all over the place. Yeah, it got worse because I was going up to London. Oh God. And I was like, oh, what I'll do, it's a three hour drive. I've got an automatic car. I don't know if I should say this. And I was just like, I'll just hold it on there because I don't need to change gear or anything. I had my car in cruise control. I'll just hold the toothbrush on my eyebrow. <laughs> but I couldn't find the, and then I realized the toothbrush was in the back of my car. So I was like, Right, okay, so rummaging around my handbag and then I found a vibrator. Well, listen, did the job. So, it hadn't been used, it was obviously not used, and yeah. I thought, sod it, that'll do. So I shoved it on, so I was, I was driving up to London with mm. a dildo on my head, trying wow. to get my muscles to work. But it was frozen for three months <laughs> and I couldn't get it back, but luckily I've had it done again now and he's been amazing and he's got it to how I like it. So, yeah. all good. But I'll never edit a photo. There's not any point in editing a photo. I'll just take, get the people to retake it. Well, I think it's really evident for me that you're so lucky as a little unit to have each other because you're a ledge Jan if you want to you know put your phone under the, your pillow when I'm out and about or take that because I feel like you give a very good service as yep. taxi driver she normally takes your McDonald's as well on the way home what I know and in that case I'm gonna get on some kind of group chat can I be added to the family <laughs> group chat or make a sandwich in the morning soon? always <laughs> wow it's clearly a really special relationship that you guys have got. And I think, especially, you know, I think there was a been a, some real opportunity for things to have been difficult throughout the Love Island journey. It is a strange concept as a mum to kind of watch your child in or, you know, so I think it's testament to how strong your relationship was going into it and how well you knew each other. Yeah, I think no matter what, what we've been through as a family, and we've been through a lot, like... It, I've never not been able to speak to my mum about it. Like, there's not one thing that I've never been able to speak to my mum about. And, you know, like, regardless if I'm in trouble, regardless of if I think, you know, I, I'm going to be in trouble or if I think I've fucked up, like, you know, I will, I can always go or if I always Thanks need advice. Me. Yeah, or if I don't know where to turn to next or if I just need a bloody good cry. Like, I always know my mum's there and she's never there with any judgment. And it doesn't matter if actually I go and cry and bawl and shout and scream okay. and then go back yeah. on my words <laughs> and go, like, she's always there. Like, she's never there, there to judge me. So, yeah, she's amazing. Oh. Thank you, Faye. <laughs> Make me cry. Faye and Jan have been amazing. I've had a brilliant time so far learning about what makes this pair so special. But before I leave, I'm super excited to put forward a little maternal dilemma where we give them a classic parenting problem and see if they both come back with the same solution. So your partner has forgotten your anniversary. You don't know how to remind him or if to remind him at all. You turn to your mum, you go to your daughter. What advice would you have what would you recommend in this situation to resolve it? Dad ever remembered your anniversary? Haven't got one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the advice would be... Or I your birthday. We can go birthday, <laughs> Valentine's. You'd be in trouble if he um, forgot my birthday. Yeah. What would you do? Would you tell him straight? Would you cold shoulder him? You can't really forget it, though. It's two days before it is. I know. 
So if he didn't remember mine, he definitely wouldn't have his. Yeah, that is, you've got a really, really, you're coming from a real point of privilege in that, yeah. Yeah, I've always managed to get boyfriends that their birthdays was before mine. So I've always managed to get them like really sick presents and then normally break up for my birthday. Shit. Yeah. So I feel like if that was me, I don't know what I would do. I would just maybe never speak to them again. Okay. Like never, ever again. Ever. Ever. Okay. Maybe not like, if they forgot that, I don't like Valentine's Day. So okay. Valentine's Day I'd be fine with. My birthday, though, never. I would never speak to you again. It's my day of birth. Legends were born. Like, <laughs> you hello, I your was a world. I was born on this day. Your world was birthed on this day. And now it would be the end. End of your world. Now literally. your world is over. The apocalypse has come. Good. Well, I think that is literally, we couldn't end on a better one than the apocalypse has come. Over. There's never been a better end anyway. Is Teddy listening to this? Yeah. yeah, we'll make sure, we'll make sure we'll get that extra. Make sure your management sending some extra calendar dates to his diary, like in a run-up. Give him like a heads up. You, yeah. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. It's been really lovely and um, it was lovely to meet you. Thank you, Jan. Lovely I'll to be, meet you. be adding myself to a WhatsApp group sometime soon. Um, <laughs> thank you. We'll call it Mum's Taxis. Yeah, I think that's good. And thank you so much, Faye. It's been really lovely. No, thank you for having me. Thank it's been you. amazing. Pleasure. Thanks again to Faye and Jan for being so incredibly open and honest with us today. Hearing you share your uncensored life experiences on screen and off and how you supported each other during these moments was really heartwarming. Join me next time for another tell all fantastic mother and daughter conversation. And don't forget, you can read Fabulous magazine every week in the sun on Sunday or every day at thesun.co.uk forward slash fabulous. It's packed full of affordable fashion and beauty tips, plus even more interviews with our most loved female celebs. Before you go, we'd love it if you could follow the podcast. You can do it via your preferred podcast app and it means that you'll never miss an episode. And we'd love it even more if you could give us a rating and leave us a review. Thanks for listening. I'm Peter Todd and this has been Things I Told My Daughter. 